Good morning, it's uh, Simon Clark here from American Lithium. I'm the CEO and I'm joined today by my colleague, Lawrence Stefan, and he's president and CEO of the company. So delights to be here, Matt. Good to see you, uh, Charles. Um, I couldn't help but uh, call you up because you put out a rather large uh, measurement indicated resource at Balchani, uh, and I'm intrigued as to um, you know what next. So maybe give us some of the highlight of some of the numbers first, and we'll talk about you know what next. Yeah, I mean, I'll kick off and then and then hand on to Lawrence for for some of the, the detail. But you know, obviously, it's it's a, it's a huge increase to how measured and indicated resource. So a lot of reclassification that we're really excited about, and and, and a major uh, increase in the overall resource. So. We're very excited, Matt. It definitely makes this project one of the largest hard rock projects globally. Uh, it's also, it's a different hard rock project in terms of we produce a battery grade carbonate through the flow sheet, a carbonate of high purity that doesn't be offshore for refining and upgrading, which I think is, is more and more critical in today's world. Um, and, you know, so we're delighted with it. And from my perspective, it really shows, I think, um, some hard work and smart thinking from our team in Peru. Um, as you know, during the previous regime, it was hard to get things permitted. And they recognized that by filing the EIA early, not only is that a critical piece of ultimate mind permitting, which is going to help us fast track that, but it also enabled us to drill for hydrological reasons, but at the same time, at a time when no development permits were being issued, we were able to take core and reclassify and expand the resource. And so, you know, it's, I think it's the culmination of a great process on that. You know, we expect we'll see the EIA move forward quickly from here, which in the overall timeline of building a project ultimately is also really important. And, you know, I'll hand over to Lawrence to, to add his two sets, but for me, those are the critical pieces. Thank you, Simon. You said the right things. It's true. Actually, we had to do something because in the previous, under the previous government, the previous president, it was very difficult to obtain any type of exploration permits. And our problem was very simple. We can sit uh, on our, shall I say, different parts of the boat and doing nothing. And thank you very much, the shareholder, for a nice uh, contribution to our monthly emoluments. Or we had to do something. And we have to reinvent ourselves. And we realized that somehow it's somehow easier to tackle it from an environmental issue. So at the end of the day, any type of environmental impact assessment, as it's well stipulated in the name, it's about environment. And how can you do what type of engineering instruments one can use to make sure that we don't have the mining production, the damage towards the environment will be as little as possible. I wouldn't say zero because when you make a hole in the ground, it's a problem, but you have to do it on a nice way. And you have to extract the value that Mother Earth gave to mankind and we have to be very very thankful for it especially on these times when everybody talks about global warming and the, the effects of the society modern society against the planet against our level of living at the end of the day so look at the end of what we've been able to do we applied for an environmental impact assessment that allowed us actually to understand more about the, the evolution of the water in the area and we can report to things quite happily first of all we realized that's to the depth stipulated by the rules of regulation regulations of on, in Peru, uh, 
we do not have water to a depth of almost 180 meters, you know, because the, we requested initially you can drill for 100, we requested to extend it to 150, because, not because we wanted it to be funny, but we didn't encounter any water. So it's very clear, and we have a plus minus 20%, and we extended some of the holes to 180 meters, according to the same positive regulations, and we realized there is no water. There is no water. So as a result, whenever we'll have our channel into production, the damage towards the hydrostatic and the underground water will be zero. But when I'm saying that, it will probably be absolutely zero. But in the meantime, we were able to collect core, core which allowed us to extend because the position of the drillings were, were positioned by one of the most prestigious companies in the world, SRK. Everybody knows how important is developing new mines and understanding the uh, in, in, the effects that the mining can produce to uh, to, to the environment, and uh, the combination between good results on the hydrological drilling and uh, the core, we realized we knew we knew that the ore body extends to the south and to extend to the west, but we didn't expect it to extend on that such a level. You know, not necessarily the surface. We knew that the fingerprints will extend quite a lot, and it's still open, by the way, both to the south and to the west, and a bit to the northwest. But the thickness, the thickness of your body was absolutely fantastic. You know, I call it an ore body. It's a mineralization because we don't have reserves. Uh, but to have an ore mineralization, which is 200 to 150 meters extension from where we've been in the past, it's really something absolutely amazing. So that allows us to introduce uh, a new resource. We've been able to extend not only, look, you are not allowed at this hour of, of development to mix measured indicated and inferred resources. However, when we have about 5.2, 5.3 million tons of lithium carbonate in the measured and indicated, that shouldn't be any problem to push the project into prefeasibility and feasibility because you have mineralization to mine for about 55 years, you know, that decently. But uh, when you add together the third one, another four, we have close to about 9.3 million tons. As Simon said, it's becoming one of the largest hard rock uh, lithium concentrations uh, in, in in the world, you know. And the many people criticize is that it's high altitude and everything. Look, those things are not important and we'll discuss probably later during the presentation because it's the size that ma does matter. And we know that Falciani, when you compare it with Spodumin, with Micas and with other claystones that we are very accustomed to it with our project in Tonopahi, Nevada, it's very easy to process and produces a purity product, which is which is battery or close to battery grade. Right. So, so tell me this, Lawrence. I'm going to just stick with you for a second. Is <clears throat> I'm glad you kind of brought the inferred resource component into this because the it, it, I mean headline is a 476 percent increase in measured and indicated. I, I assume that was just a case of moving the inferred up in up up a category or or two um, by. By what? I mean, what, what 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 type of drilling were you doing to do that? Because I note that you also kind of lowered the um, the cutoff grade as well. So how how did you go about increasing it so violently? Falciani probably was a bit unlucky because we discovered it uh, into at the end of two thousand. You know, on a Friday and thirteen of November, you can't be worse, you know, than that. So two thousand and seventeen, and we ran very fast. We did our best, but then COVID came. So COVID. Let's not talk about COVID. I think it was, uh, let's not even revisit that subject, you know, because it's painful for everybody. So the, pro the, 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 the progress was very small, but however, we've been able to look out to do a lot of technical lab, lab work, you know, things that uh, we, we can do. We had a lot of samples. So what we've been able to do, because 
when we discovered the processing and the fact that it was so easy to process Palchani came after the resource of development. So our consultants, they say, guys, listen, it's a beautiful resource, but because nobody processed something like that, lithium in tubes, we cannot give you measured and indicated. We should give you, but we cannot because we don't know whether your processing is worthwhile. Definitely the processing demonstrated that it's much better than actually even spodium, you know. We have extraction of, well, almost 90% is not even spodium that is able to achieve those high rates. So immediately when we started drilling, it was much easier for the new for the new um, resource consultants. They moved or actually moved the results of our drilling, most of the previous uh, inferred into indicated and measured. However, most of the new inferred resource, it's new because we discovered the new targets and we've been able to extend it around the measured and the indicated. So what happened? Why the, the numbers are so large? Because almost most of the initial resource, which is very little indicated and uh, most of the inferred moved into measured and indicated, you know, allowing us to push the accelerator pedal on, on the prefeasibility and feasibility studies and to transfer them into probable, pr proven and probable reserves. And we had a lot of new inferred resource surrounding the existing measured and indicating on all the new discovering to, discoveries to, towards south and the western side. Uh, and it's true, we have measured and indicated 4.5 times or a bit more than what we had in the past, but the resource globally, when you put everything together, and again, I'm, I shouldn't be allowed to do that as for people to understand the magnitude of the project, we more than doubled it, which is almost 10 million. Look, I'd like to say something is not the case now, but in principle, between what we have in the United States and Tonopah in Nevada uh, and uh, in, 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 in Peru, we have well above 20 million tons of lithium carbonating resources in different categories, you know, most of it being measured and indicated, making it probably the company with one of the highest, the higher level of resources on lithium, on hard rock anywhere on planet Earth. Right. Okay. So it, it's big. Um, and hard rock is coming back in fashion in North America, it seems. The Australians have always been at it, but in South America, it's been a case of, of brines. Now we're seeing hard rock. Uh, appearing everywhere. Everyone wants to be a lithium company, it seems, in, in North America. So we've got a lot of um, um, pegmatite uh, stories out there at the moment, lots of hard rock stories out there at the moment. You guys have got a head start, right? So Simon, how do you play this in, in this market? Because it feels to me, and I think there's a recognition by a lot of the lithium companies, that it's kind of first mover advantage into this space. The, the, we don't necessarily need to talk about the supply demand fundamentals, but what I do want to talk about is markets that you can operate and play in and how you get funding in place for projects like this and the speed at which you move. So, uh, you know, how, how do these new, how does this new resource change things for you, Simon? Well, you, I, I, Matt, Matt I, I think it's key. It shows we're making progress in Peru. Um, Peru is historically a very strong mining jurisdiction. I think maybe some people questioned that over the last few years. And I think what we're seeing is, you know, it takes time after, you know, you move from from one government where nothing was happening to one where things are opening up, but it's moving to a normalization of the sector, which we're really excited about. We've always seen Falchani as one of those projects that with capital and permitting can, can be moved very quickly towards production in Peru, Permitting a non-metal mine and they deem lithium non-metal is a six-month process. In the US, 
even though we don't have any water table or or cultural or environmental issues, we're still looking at two years at 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 Tona Park. So you know, and again, we've fast tracked this further by doing our EIA. So I think it's credibility for Falchani, it's credibility for Peru, it's credibility that we can drive this project forward quickly. Um, and you know, I Matt, I personally think there's a key. It's not really focused on at this time. I mean, everyone talks about swathes of Alberta, sorry, Ontario and Quebec, where you can uh, you can mine pegmatites and you can crush them and concentrate. And yes, that's all very good. But you know, if you sit, if you compare it to the oil sands in Canada, where no one ever put upgrading and refining it, the only approach was to to to, to pipe it to the the the, the southern U.S. refineries. And there's a reason that WCS trades at $25 discount to WTI because you're, you're totally beholden to one marketplace. And so unless upgrading and refining comes on in Canada and the US, which there just is none today, you know, all these pedicomatites you see in parts of North America are going to have to go offshore. So if you have a critical minerals policy that's trying to decouple from China, which control things and we've seen them this week start to uh, weaponize the graphite supply i mean you've seen what they've done in that marketplace if they do that in lithium how does it make any sense to fund and sell send projects to china so i think matt this is why you're seeing the u.s government fund placed on projects because they know yes there's a bunch of engineering because it's a it, it's it's a dirtier leech than say Falchani or other things. But you know, as Jonathan Evans says, at lack, it's it's just engineering. You know, you take the pieces out, you can produce a lithium product of high purity at a, at a reasonable op cost, and it doesn't have to go to China for upgrading or refining. So I think the Claystones, you know, you see Nyanina get DOE funding. I'd be hugely surprised if Thakapas didn't. And there's a roadmap in the US for getting these projects funded at an early stage in the lithium cycle where the banks maybe aren't provided the project finance that they do in more traditional established markets. I think as we move forward at Falchani, you know, there's huge strategic interest in it. You know, we're certainly well funded to take this through uh, EIA and, and PFS huge advantage and you know we'll probably be looking at the right time for the right strategic involvement you know to help with the, the large sums of capital that will be needed but, you know as, as Lawrence points out Falchani has some of the best economics of any project on the planet so you know we're very confident in that well it's, it's a it's a it's a monster uh in, in the making um Lawrence isn't it because you, you you're showing this kind of this you've demonstrated the scalability of this now it's, a, now it's a question of moving, the, moving obviously into the, into the PFS. You're going to have to start demonstrating the, the technical merits uh, and benefits of this deposit. So, what's that going to look like in terms of um, you know timing, in terms of what you, your expectations are around the PFS? First of all, it's not totally explored. We still have, uh, I would say, with a bit of luck and based on some further study that we're just starting. Hopefully, the rainy season. Will allow us to 
uh, understand more of the structure and how much will extend. Uh, we know that it can extend that depth toward north, at, at, at towards north, and the quite that shallowly but quite thick uh, towards west. The south is a bit uncertain and much larger than we thought initially at the end of 2019 before COVID. So with a bit of luck, we can probably add another three. I would say maybe maybe a bit more. But that's not the end of the potential of the area before we move to the engineering and the benefits of the product. You know, we just discovered, uh, we didn't discuss about that, but I assume you saw, we just did a couple of, not even a month ago, I would say, what is around a month, a new discovery. It's called Kelkaya Village. We call it simplistically Kelkaya, where we had an intersection, an amazing one. It's a bit deeper, but still very, very large. Even if it's at depth, call it, it will be a strip ratio of less than one to one. So any miner would love it. And uh, there are areas about cropping, so you can probably make quick ca uh, cash for a couple of years. And we have an intersection of almost 250 meters. This is phenomenal. I don't know too many people on the hard rock that they can say we have 250. And also, it's very interesting. It's it's upgraded. We know that actually with a bit of luck, we hope, we hope it's a lot of work to be done. But all the preliminary work demonstrated that you can almost increase the, the grade anything between 70 to 1.5 times. The, the main question is the yield, you know? So because people criticize and say, well, it's low grade. Well, yeah, but if I bring it to Falciani grade and I'm throwing away in the process half of the volume of the rock, everybody will be very happy. And it's very huge. I want to give you some numbers for what it means. We discover, we call it a dike. It's a very specific way of a volcanic rock. And uh, that one, same intrusive, call it like that. Not in very geological. My geological college probably will probably punish me for that. But we have to make it for the rest of the public. And um, it's a hybrid rock, which is very big. Any kilometer, actually every 900 meters of that specific structure can bring 4.5 million tons of lithium carbonite. So if it's three kilometers long, it will be much larger than Falciani. We do not know. We follow it for about 750 meters, but it opens and we'll have some results probably sometime next year that we're going to publish in terms of very crude modeling. But in principle, it is very big. So that's the second target. And we have another target further to the west, about 20 kilometers, um, somewhere at the border between the districts of the departments of, of Puno and Cusco, which we believe that is probably twice the size of Falciani. So I'm talking about the district. I'm talking about the new lithium district, untouched. It's like we discovered in 2020, the Eldorados of the United States, Canada, and Australia of the 1800s, you know? but definitely on a much more technological era, you know, where people use much more technology and it's not so much about an approach of cowboys to nothing wrong with cowboys, but actually to science and how to get rich. So the discovery of Kelkaya definitely brings a complete factor into the lithium in Peru because it will definitely be something phenomenal uh, that mankind can, can, can explode for many years to come. Look, I cannot say, I do not want to talk about batteries revolution and what's happening in EV. Everybody talks about that and everybody, well, many people know better than me. But at the end of the day, uh, size does matter. You know, since dinosaurs, you know that, well, they did battery, but for a period of almost 100 years, they've been able to, to, to contain the planet, you know, so they didn't allow many other people to develop. So that's a long time, 100 for any other species, you know. So what I can say is the following. Falciani, we know from the crude modeling that it will be probably very well with DRA's help with a lot of smart con engineering contractors that uh, we can make it very big. You know, Most of the lithium deposits when I come into production, they are on a level of 10,000, 15,000, 20. You have one, 25. 
thousand tons of lithium carbonate, it's something absolutely amazing. Um, capital is big, it's not so simple, and people need money, you know, so most of the company involved in the lithium sector are junior, because we didn't have a junior lithium sector, we don't have, and unfortunately, there are still the big names of the of the mining, the Anglos, the Rio Tintos, the, the, the BHP, they are still not part of this game. We have some companies definitely are very specialized, you know, Yamfeng in China, we have definitely Arbor Mall, SQM, SQM by far the largest, and the, but they are also very much focused. Uh, they move to hard rock, but most of the production comes from, from brines. Brines are complicated. It's not only the huge water consumption that at sooner or later, I'm not trying to talk against brines. They are very important at this stage of human development of the EV, but it will be a stage where that, that water consumption will be an issue. So uh, you cannot continually consume 10,000 tons, 20,000 tons to produce a ton of lithium carbonate. It's crazy. We cannot do it. Mankind cannot afford that luxury. So we have to do it differently. And even if it's direct extraction, which is still, we wait to see whether it's working. It's not simple. And let's not open that one because it probably another three podcasts for that. Correct, correct, correct. And, um, but it's mostly the hard rock that the hard Falchani because it's so big and it's so consistent. It's easy to mine. It's 270 meters thickness. You know, it's four times, almost three times, actually the Statue of Liberty, just to understand how the size of the body in thickness. Although we start with a small deposit or the more production of 24,000 tons of lithium carbonate per year, we, we plan to expand after six years to double, 48, and then we go again to 88 and probably plan to do it to 100,000. So to produce 100,000 tons of lithium carbonate of battery grade, don't forget, it's not, it's battery grade from a single ore body. It's something that the lithium industry cannot even, they cannot even imagine, you know? So part of our prefaceability study that we just started is just to, to demonstrate to the rest the importance of Falciani. It's not only quality. It's not in a country that it's mining friendly, although with some problems lately, but also is the size. Because by producing 100,000 tons of lithium carbonate at today's prices, it's you pay back your entire capital expenditure in, the, in less than one year. So it's something that we believe that actually this is where the big mining companies should be attracted as partners or whatever we can do time. Because we developed, although we are a small company, a lot of knowledge. We, we know we have a know-how, probably not at the level that the Yanfengs and SQM, but uh, we, we pride ourselves that we know what we're doing. Tonal Park is exactly the same thing. You know, it's a deposit, although it placed only the States, you know, just, I know it's about our China, but also we push that production to about... Uh, 45, 48,000 tons, and you can do it much larger. The simple way, we didn't do it because it's very big for the simple reason that we are worried about the capital expenditure. As a small company, it's very difficult to justify billions. But look, if lithium carbonate prices will stay elevated, and I'm not saying 100,000, 50,000, we are very happy with 25,000. It's nothing wrong with $25,000 because it's by far the most profitable. There is no other commodity. Where actually you can produce it for three, four, five, six, seven thousand dollars, and you can list for twenty-five. Actually, have a, it's a four hundred percent margin business. You know, look at gold, look at copper. You know, so it's a complete. It's always fractions. So look, Falchani is very important. It can we can start small if we be big and will be properly capitalized for for a producer, not for exploration. Exploration we are very well capitalized, but we'll be able to go big from the start. But both Falchani and between the two of them is somebody will give us as a result of a good high prayer, you know, the money to do the capital expenditure in three years, we'll be able to produce 150,000 tons of lithium carbonate, which is 
SQM. <laughs> we can recreate a new SQM. So scale, it's everything. Quality, it's second to nine. Knowledge is there. And uh, we hope that actually, because the main question, I'm sorry, it was quite a convoluted answer, but I wanted to start from alpha to go to omega. We, it was very easy to, we, we believe that we can be in production in three years in Peru. And the United States, it's as fast as the local structures of power and administration allow to do it. I, I'm convinced it will go much faster. United States has to decide. Either they have to wait and be in production in 1,000 years from now, or to try definitely to have a bit of a revolution in the way how the permit is, is organized, allowing companies to shorten very much the environmental assessment and all the studies to be able to bring mines in production in two, three years, not in 10, which is the usual norm. Okay. It's a good answer and a, fuls a fulsome answer. And what I'm, what I'm hearing for you, although big is beautiful because you've got the option of that, you've also got the option of, of starting smaller. It depends on, and I guess Simon, this one's for you, it really depends on who you're able to attract because there's there's not that many big balance sheet um, funders out there. So you've got to be talking their language. You've got to, you've got to describe and build the opportunity that attracts that is attractive to them. So you're going to need to know who they are and what they want. Or you can start smaller. You don't have this massive capital expenditure burden, which you know small genius struggle from. It's almost uh, easy to dismiss um, small companies with massive NPVs with massive capexes. So you've got to get that balance um, as you move through the phases too. So I'm, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but um, can you can you sort of describe, you know, maybe a little bit about the sort of decision making around that and, and the timing of that and how you go about um, having those conversations? Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a great it's a great question. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously, we do continue to refine our strategic thinking as events unfold. Um, you know, I think I think in Peru, as I mentioned, we're well advanced on the EIA. You know, we, we hope to see some really good progress on that in the next few months here, which will drive our PFS, you know, ideally by the end of Q1, certainly by mid-year at the latest, is how we're looking at it. Um, and, and then we can be fermenting a mine, as I said. So, you know, lots of, and, and we're, well, we're, we're well enough capitalized, certainly, to take it through PFS phase. You know, I think for us on both projects, we have no debt. There's no royalties. We've never taken an offtake, um, and you know, there's companies a lot earlier than us that have because they've needed to raise capital. I mean, we've we've been fortunate that that, that we've been well capitalized in the last few years, and you know, obviously markets are tighter again. So you you, you know, you have to protect your capital as a as as an early as a junior player. Um, but uh, but I think you know now is the time. As I mentioned, if you're going to go and uh, the roadmap in the states is very much equity partner, um, strategic equity partner, DOE. That's becoming the kind of rule of thumb for the Claystones. So you know we certainly are going to go down that road. Why wouldn't we? Um, and I think bringing in the right strategic partner as part of that in the next you know the next six to nine months or whatever makes sense um you know, you've seen tm Thaki, you've seen subordinate at um Ilea. so you know there's a list of of who that that could be and we've started to have those discussions again i think in peru I and mean, lawrence mentioned some of the major mining companies 
we've had interest from some of those. Uh, and again, I think you know we even even doing things in a relatively small way, as you mentioned, you still need some significant amounts of capital and. You know, some some people who are used to the infrastructure needs that you're going to need to put in. So I think, again, as we move forward here over the next six to nine months, and as we hit our milestones in particular, we're going to have more and more interest on that front. Make sure both projects, you know, lithium and mining's difficult. Lithium might be the most difficult of all because it's really a chemistry project. And again, that big balance sheet, some of the, the knowledge about you know, taking these things to like construction will will be important. Well, like gentlemen, like I appreciate appreciate the run through and also <clears throat> the explanation of you know kind of how you work your way through through the system because it's a difficult market for juniors more broadly. I think lithium is along with uranium one of one of the few shining lights um, at, at the moment that people are looking to. Um, so. Appreciate the update um, on the certainly the 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 resource update and and back back um, the, the the you know how you kind of got there. Stay in touch with us and let us know how you get on as you kind of move through the the, the phases and kind of get get in stuck into the PFS for for sure. And maybe we should talk um, uranium at some point in, in in the not too distant future. It's getting hot out there. It 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 is, Matt, and and, and thank you and. You know, we do anticipate, uh, as I mentioned earlier, an updated PA on Falchani in the next few weeks here. Uh, again, that's a key piece of the PFS. So a lot of it's the PFS standards. Uh, it will incorporate new results and updated economics and updated listening pricing. So I think it'll be a really good read. We're excited for it. We'll keep you posted on that. And as you mentioned, we haven't talked uranium, but, the, you know, you see uranium up at 74, 75 bucks a pound. It's definitely a bright light and difficult markets. And we have more and more interest in that. So, you know, we'll keep people posted on that as well. 